So, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Cookies with Aliens. I am Philippa, this is Astrid. Hi! And today we have a wonderful guest, our second guest. <laughs> and she is a musician, a choreographer, an amazing person. <laughs> hello! Caroline! <laughs> An improviser, like I just did right now, too. <laughs> and so she also has a lot of ET experience, and so she's the perfect guest to have some cookies with for us to hang out. <laughs> so, yeah, we were thinking today of starting to talk about the idea of ET contact, how to contact them how to use their telephone number, how to deal with the emotions that might come with it too. So we can start. Yes. <laughs> Ta Please share your amazing experiences. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who starts? <laughs> I feel like one of the first things I want to say, I have something to say. Yes. <laughs> is um, the sort of a little bit of a myth around contact, like as in it only happens, like it's only happening when you have these like really intense experiences mm -hmm. where I think that for me, um, being in having these experiences over a longer period of time, I've really realized that it is actually kind of always happening. <laughs> it's like um, the sort of field or extra layer that you can very easily tap into. And so I think that that's an important thing just to recognize, you know, before we jump into the more mm -hmm. sort of intense or impactful, or I guess something very subtle. I've had a lot of subtle um, contact experiences too that have also been really impactful and really like um, in insightful as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for me also, there's and we kind of always remind people that a lot of dream experiences, for example, even with dreams that don't seem necessarily to be with ETs many times are representing a kind of interaction that already happened or that is happening on some other level. So I guess mainly it's also kind of really observing the dreams and to feel the feeling behind them and starting mm -hmm. connecting the dots, I would say. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of, too, for me, I think there's... Um, a lot of the more intense experiences sometimes are like you being introduced introduced or you the first time you remember that you're meeting a specific being that you have a connection with and what that does is it brings you remember the frequency mm -hmm. so then you can when you have a different dream where you don't necessarily see that being or you're having an experience you can tune in you can you can remember the energy so you can um know that you're communicating 
without necessarily having the whole to do about, <laughs> mm -hmm. okay, now there is an ET in front of me or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I, I remember specifically, and you don't even need to do them. I mean, for example, you had a dream and you don't necessarily notice that it might be ET related and you just noticed after because that happened to me with the dream. I don't remember if I shared here. I remember I talked this with Astrid too. There was the dream that it was years before I started having really diving deep into the ET stuff was that I was on a train and this two huge purple cats just would come they just came from a door and they would just fill the room but then the hint for me was also that they had these huge kind of et looking eyes <laughs> and then i mean as i was continuing my life in all of that and exploring more of this then suddenly i remember it's like okay so that was probably the first one now that i can recall that indeed already kind of had that feeling. And so then it's just kind of tracing it mm -hmm. and starting connecting the dots, which is really cool. <laughs> For me, um, I think my, what might be fun to share too is, and maybe Astrid, I'm curious for you as well, like kind of your, like as Philippa shared, your first experiences around remembering the, or identifying this energy as ET because I um I had a pretty specific experience where I'm a musician and I've been playing music for like a really long time or really long time I mean I'm not that old but <laughs> for most of my adult life and um I had definitely the more I played and ever since I started I noticed that I was tapping into a different kind of energy and depending on what music I played or what space I was in, you know, I would feel that energy differently. And the more deep I got into my practice, I was able to play more consciously with different threads of energy that I would feel, you know, kind of feel certain ones coming in and really like kind of take a ride with one or weave some together. And, um, but I never was like, I'd never um, really bothered to be like, what is this? Or I just always was like, it's my soul. This is when I express myself, I feel my soul more strongly. And my soul has all these, all this cool stuff going on. <laughs> and so, um, and then um, I had a band, uh, called the Strange Times People Band. And we particularly, we really like created a space where we kind of really were clocking in <laughs> with each other really deeply. And um, that band was when I first had the experience where I was really aware that I was channeling. Like, I think I had been channeling all along in different forms, but it was sort of in real time, these songs would just come through that were totally complete and like complex and they were about like dolphins. And then there's this one song that came in that was just like, all of a sudden the song just came through. It was like really intense and like epic. And then it was over. And then I just looked at my bandmates and I was like, that was about aliens landing. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay, we just wrote a song about, about, yeah, like contact with ETs. So that's also like a fun, that in some ways, I guess, was my first remembrance Mm. of this connection. And then I was like, okay, there's definitely something going on. And then more stuff unfolded from there. Mm-hmm. I really have to say that music is for me also one of the biggest things to, at least also in my in my opinion and in and in my experience, to really feel being aligned with everything it's like it so deeply depends on the kind of music you're listening to it's it's like with every single tune it seems to change and for example when i listen to to very strong beats like techno or really those very deep 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 beats it's like i immediately connect to a lifetime of mine, I guess, where everything is very dark, very, very dense, very, it feels like war, like really like, like totally Mm. destruction. And sometimes it feels very Arcturian. Since Mm. I know that techno beats are very connected to Arcturian, I totally relate to, to rely, relay, relate. Yeah. To that. Yes. And, um, it's it's always changing and this is so fascinating for me that at least also what i think is that with certain kinds of different music you can always change your frequency and you can change your your state of being you can you can really you can sense like being aligned with everything around you and this is so amazing i could just sit for hours and hours and just listening to some amazing music and just feeling everything there is Mm -hmm. yeah that's really interesting that uh i mean uh we also discuss many times that artistic activities will kind of connect you to this channeling state where we're much more receptive to feeling all of this but then at the same time you don't necessarily need to be the one creating them also to feel and to have your kind of experiences so it's like when they say follow your highest excitement if your highest excitement isn't necessarily to create music and it's to listen to it i'm sure you'll be attracted to those that will allow you to just get lost in it and to start connecting with a lot of feelings or and even pictures for me sometimes when I'm really into a song things just come and that's really the state and like we were saying even with that we are already establishing contact also in some way so it's not to have too rigid expectations too because that just gets into the way (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I've always also perceived music as a really fluid way for like ETs or extra dimensional beings to communicate and play because it doesn't, it's not in the same boxes that language is. Mm-hmm. So it's really like when you, you're literally resonating, you know? <laughs> and mm-hmm. then so like different information or just like the feeling of the connection can just be present 
mm-hmm. really easily. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you, 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 um, both of you, have you already tried like really like getting real contact in real life in real experience like really because i know that uh, you philippa for example were have been invited last year to that alien mm-hmm. convention thing mm-hmm. where they as far as i know still they tried i think they they sat together in a circle or something and tried right and mm-hmm. What would you two say about this, like like really trying, sitting outside, really trying to get some contact in real? <laughs> I mean, uh, on that, those ones last year, it, it was the event I wasn't able to go, but I know they tried the C5 meditation, which is a really famous one. And I think they, the main there's an app for it, although I never really listened to it. But I'm feeling inspired too, to be honest. Uh, but I think the main technique of it is really getting yourself into a channeling state and imagining that you are somewhat a beacon as to invite beings to come to where you are to with a loving intention. Um, and so, yeah, I mean... <laughs> we uh i mean on those types of contact meditations usually i do think all of this can be again doesn't need to have a very specific structure to it but by following this method of really putting your intention out i I think it's enough to start the ball rolling there in a way Mm yeah i i would say that based like I've also have not I've now done one like specific (laughs) like okay let's try and intentionally have contact like I have (laughs) I have had many contact experiences or I've had various kinds of how do I say this I've had some intense contact experiences and then ongoing connection and communication I guess is a way to express it um and I feel like based on those experiences and when they happened including like seeing ufos and stuff like that it's like i was in i feel like it's for me if i were to make a contact recipe for myself (laughs) it would be um really tuning becoming really present and one of the ways that I become really present is improvising or writing like which is also from improvising when you just like go really deeply into what's this moment and you start playing with that energy and just sort of expanding your awareness and then really um sort of using that as a form to play or enter like you say like a channeling state um and just like holding that expanded awareness in some way and then but i think it's also that like the opening the channeling state the playfulness as well as just really either verbalizing or writing out or saying in your very clear in your mind a very clear intention because I think that that on an energetic level 
you're even speaking to yourself that you're like releasing resistance, that you're taking a moment to hold space in which you are in allowance. And I feel like it's also very clear communication for them and, and is creating the container to have this contact experience that is then conscious on both people's terms, you know, mm -hmm. very much felt as co-created. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think it's also a very clear physical statement, like literally from the physical mind saying to these beings and to the higher self, like, I want to go into this direction. And so then opening up a lot of avenues through which those experiences might come. And like everything in our lives, our higher self will find the perfect symbols to poke you just enough for you to feel that emotion that might not be allowing you as much to, to <laughs> explore deeply <laughs> that, that experience. <laughs> because, I mean, in my case, while trying it, <laughs> the thing that made me most nervous was that while doing the meditation, or I mean after just just waiting, I mean that there's a there's there's this point that you are looking at the stars and kind of your mind just wanders, or at least it happened for me. You're just looking at it and imagining how the lights might come, how they can do stuff, and then. <laughs> Then uh, my case was that I started hearing this random duck sound around me. <laughs> and it was enough for me to imagine there was an ET doing duck sounds. <laughs> it's like, I'm not ready for this. They're talking with me too directly. <laughs> and so, again, it was like, I can clearly see it's like the higher self say, are you really ready for this? We'll put you some random sounds in the middle of the night <laughs> that, is, that is totally exactly the thing why i once had this channeling with hyla and she said you know you humans you always think you want to see or you want to perceive us but you can clearly feel that you are not really ready yet and i can tell by my own experience that I had this one experience and I think I already shared it, but when I heard those barefoot um, clapping sounds in my kitchen, oh. coming, heading, heading towards my sleeping room, and I heard it clearly like, and I was like, oh my God, oh my, because those are those moments where you can clearly feel that everything inside and outside of your body is just shattering it's like like mm -hmm. everything is falling out of of your system and i was just waiting laying in my bed which was behind the door where i heard these footsteps and of course all your 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 thoughts are going crazy like is that a burglar no this would wouldn't be barefoot if it's and it's much too slow because it was really this and I could hear it was heading to my sleeping room and I was laying behind that door and I was all inside of me, was just getting goosebumps. And with my thoughts, I totally remember I was in a paralyzed state 
as mm. I could not move anything anymore, not my hands, not my feet, nothing. I could just mm. roll my eyes and I was like, please, in my head, just thinking, please, whoever you are, please just stop wherever you are now behind the door. I don't want to see you. And suddenly I had this voice in my ears. I can't, I can't say because two words in German, which helped me at that time to, to heal my daughter at that time, who was so sick. And um, it totally helped her, but I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was a, an elementary coming, like an elf, a dwarf, whatever, uh -huh. or if it was genie, Hyla, whoever, but uh -huh. it was so clearly hearable that I know it was totally true as what she said to me helped healing Noemi. And mm -hmm. this for me is one experience I guess I will never ever forget anymore. And so, but I can clearly say at this moment, I knew I'm not ready yet. And always oh. when I wake up in the middle of the night, hearing something, I can feel I'm not ready because Hearing something is already kind of scary, like you just said with the duck things. <laughs> but seeing something which is totally unexpected in the middle of the night is different than in the middle of the day. It's just maybe how we humans are. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. Uh, it fascinates me how we think we might really be on board or on something and really being your life's topic. But then on those moments, like your, your instinct, your, your survival instinct, it's so overriding. It's so like, this is something unknown. It's automatically to, to, to fear the unknown. And it is challenging. Or I think at least it takes time and patience to slowly allow our minds to overcome it. Maybe this is also part of all of this expansion is um, not realizing that we are also at a point as a human species practically that we don't even need such a, an active survival <laughs> instinct. It's, like, it's not like we're in the wild <laughs> in a way. <laughs> I mean, in some ways we are, but yeah, it's, it's something that we're really... going in the, the, the true wild. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. And when you're in the true world, it's just like, <laughs> it starts tingling. <laughs> but, yeah. but don't you also have the feeling, you two, that it does not really matter if you sit somewhere outside or if you're sitting in your bathroom in the middle of the night, it's like you're totally alone somehow and, and you feel totally, totally exposed to them as they could just enter your space. And I know they would never do that as Hyla told me, but it's like she said, and maybe this is also for all the viewers outside that she told us that all our shadow parts will be triggered in that moment. And this is what we feel by being paralyzed or by by feeling that deep fear or deep whatever it is mm -hmm. yeah 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 i think um also just and i don't think i, I don't want to generalize because i think that there aren't really or i guess there are rules or like protocols but i don't know the specifics of them <laughs> 
but for me, it's like, I always feel there's always really significant shifts, especially because their frequency is so different. There's always really significant palpable shifts in the energy or my feeling in my body that are happening or precursors to different levels of intensity. So in a sense, it can't just like, I mean, I guess it could, but I don't, I just don't, yeah, I think that they would never do that because it would be Mm -hmm. so obviously detrimental. Mm -hmm. And then I can say from personal experience that even before I had the most intense contact experiences that I had that I didn't even know I was going to have, but in retrospect, I can see before that, that they were really, I was being sent a lot of energy or like connect I was already connecting really strongly and even more strongly because maybe like a month before then I was just processing kind of all these random fears and memories a lot of memories of visitations like coming back to me and I was sort of like why is this all coming back now you know and it was like almost like um exposing me it felt like in gradations to their energy so that when I did finally have the experience I had to a certain degree processed um, at least enough (laughs) um, uh, fears or unconscious fears or unconscious beliefs I had it I had about it so that I could really receive for the experience at least in some part Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but would you mind to share and uh, to share one of those experiences, or would it be too too private? Too I don't want to. No, yeah, I can share a little bit. I think that um, yeah, there's there's always aspects to some of these experiences that I'm myself still unpacking. So it's not so much about wow. like. Uh, you know, I don't, not, it's just for me or whatever. I mean, in a sense, it still is. Um, but I can share some, some things, which is that, um, yeah, I guess it was so connected to playing music. It was like, there was after that, the, that started happening where those sort of the really I I felt, you know, I guess what people say, their frequency rise or something, you know, I was really, the more I was really clocking into something or super aligned in my work and with different um, mediums I was using to express myself and how I was living. (laughs) Um, And I felt that specific, I knew that energy was present. but I didn't know much about it. And then when I started to get those um, really explicit messages about ETs, um, actually this one thing happened, which was that activation in myself and in itself, which I think is relevant to share, which is I was like, I went to have a drink after a band practice one night with one of my best friends, who's also my bandmate. And I was just like, we sat down and I was just like, you know, like, like, I love our band and this is really cool, but like, what's happening? (laughs) I was just like, what is going on? Because everyone, you know, she knows me really well. And I've always been 
like this in a way, you know, I'm always tapping into something. It's clear that I'm channeling when I'm performing or doing work. I'm always working with different energies. And I always knew that about myself. But at this point, I was just like, okay, like, but really, like, what? <laughs> and she actually was like, well, you know, because um, her mom was um, like a, a, a really, it was like a channeler and a shamanic guide and um, a healer and did like, you know, grid work and, and um, sort of mystery school work. Um, in her life, even though she's passed, and to the other side, but, um, <laughs> she, my friend, was like, you know, my mom actually always used to tell us when, ever since we were young, that you know, all souls are actually like cosmic. Like your soul is actually like ET, and that like everyone's soul is beyond uh, Earth. And everything in existence is actually cosmic. Mm -hmm. And she used to say that like, and so everyone's soul in a sense is a cosmic soul, is extraterrestrial and terrestrial. But she, but she was like, but you know, she always used to tell me too that there were some people that just like came in with that like turned on or something or like remembering more. And as soon as she said that, I was like, like I was like I was like at at the same time like you know like whoa and the and the, the this other part of me just felt like it like totally like like was like ding mm -hmm. and that actually and and then after that I didn't I I was like that felt really good I feel like I it was what I needed to really just like release into the energy or something and then I just didn't think about it I never researched a thing about ETs I, I never looked up anything about a UFO and I just continued playing music and my practice with energy work was really just vibrational so when I played I would just always be in a state where I was tuning into vibration so I didn't have any fear about like who or what I was connecting with because I was just always feeling the energy. I could tell very clearly what the energy I was connecting with was. So mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily need to know about a race or whatever. And so, and then gradually, maybe over the next year, that energy that I was working with started to increase. And I went on this tour, a European tour of a piece um, that really just I started to feel this energy running really really strongly and then I ended up in Paris after that's where the tour ended and I right when the tour ended I was like so tired and sick that I was like I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna get an Airbnb and do nothing for like two months because <laughs> the tour schedule is so intense and then as soon as I got there, it was like, I started to feel this like energy, like all of a sudden it was like, like mm, different types of energy coming in more strongly. Um, a lot of energetic support. I was getting like really strong intuitive guidance about like, eat this, don't eat that. <laughs> like, and I was just like, okay. And at the same time I was kind of healing from the tour. So it just made sense to go really deeply into myself. And then a lot of what I just 
um, mentioned started happening where I um, started all of a sudden to remember kind of vague memories of visitations, like more, more scary ET stuff um, or scary. And I was like, freaking out. I remember I put like a blanket over my mirror. <laughs> like I was like, really like what's going on and really like, processing stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, on my YouTube feed, it was like, ET this, ET that. Like I, and I was just like, what? Okay. There's like all this. Inf- I had no idea that there was even information about this stuff that people were even talking about it. And I was like, okay. And then one night I, and there was starting to be a lot of synchronicities happening where I was like, okay, you know, I'm connecting with beings are really directly communicating with me. And then one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like laying on my bed, but I was basically paralyzed and there was just like light all around me and beings, though I couldn't see most of them very clearly. And um, there was several different messages that came through. And I knew that that memory that specific memory, and this is the first thing I remembered, kind of the only thing I remembered for a while, um, that specific memory was attached to like a whole visitation of me going on a spaceship or whatever, but it was like them sort of putting me back in the bed, I guess, or taking me, whatever. But um, they were very much like, we know that you don't want, you're not ready to see us. So that's why we're not showing ourselves. They were very clear about that. They were like, we're, we want to show you who you are. We want to talk to you about it, but we know that you don't want to. So we're respecting you. And I'm like on my bed, like, (laughs) okay. Like, I remember even thinking in real time, like I do, but I don't, you know, like, or ah, like, and then, um, and that's, I had, uh, the yeah yeah were super present and also one of the one of the most um direct communications I got from a being that presented themselves as my hybrid child and so I was like okay <laughs> like I woke up that morning and then I had um phys- physical proof on my body that it had happened that there was like specific memories I had of interactions and there was like tiny marks that faded really quickly but um so that's what I'll say about that (laughs) but it was but also I mean I think that also that the most significant part of that too was what followed which was that I was then for a very long period of time in a super heightened state of awareness so following that it was undeniable that I had had this, even if I couldn't remember all of the experience at that time. Um, I was just like, uh, kind of shifted into a space that I had been intermittently for shorter periods of time, maybe like a few days, an afternoon (laughs) at different times in my life. But this was like months of be like walking down the street and like, really like sort of seeing coding in a way where it was just like um you could see this matrix of patterns that was like making everything up and I would remember riding the subways and I would just like see a person's energy and I could see the patterns moving through them and the different archetypes 
and like see the themes like running through their energy and like what they were playing with and what they were running and but I did have this really significant feeling during that time which was like almost like I was like in the world but not totally of it or not of it in the same way that I was used to like I had shifted and I I had this feeling like almost like a lot of people couldn't even see me or something like it was like or if they they wouldn't see me unless I grabbed their attention because it was just like we were kind of div living in such different perceptual realities mm -hmm. um that was a really distinct feeling that I had too and it was interesting being in Paris which is just such a dense city and so there's mm -hmm. people everywhere and I was just like like you know in this flying state. around <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. That's thank really you so much <laughs> yeah. yes wow. yeah it's it's there's something that um kind of always pops up for me also in these types of experiences and very much related to the fear because it's like and you had that intense experience where and it always seems to be kind of like this. Uh, that's also kind of related to the um, sleep paralysis, that it seems like we can't move when we're in such intense energies that I heard also Ayla explaining and other channelers that it is a kind of, not as much that you are being forced to stay there, but it's like your higher self is allowing you to receive it without hurting yourself, without having any kind of, <laughs> a big reaction to it like just running off and i don't know falling and hurting yourself Panicking. you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in a way yes it can be perceived because it's such an intense experience that it's even worse it's like something is going to happen to me so it can be very intense but then paradoxically it's like you see that they then have it's like very slowly introducing you to their intense energy, but still at the same time, we'll not reveal our faces and stuff like that. So it shows that your higher self, sometimes it might seem that it really pushes you out of your comfort zone, but it always knows how much you can handle. So there is a degree of comfort there if people want to use this as a reminder or a permission slip. It's also what I use for me. When I'm in a situation where I'm too stressed, it's like if it's happening, it just means that I have already what I need in order to solve it. Even if it's very scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember really distinctly because I woke up, you know, and I had had, and that also made me remember all of these times of sleep paralysis I've had in my life as a oh. child, you know, so it was like, I already immediately, that was like a, enough, the, like I remembered enough in that time immediately that it enough to trigger many other memories. Mm -hmm. And so, but this was the first one I had right consciously as an adult. And I did have this really specific feeling that like, that it wasn't, there was nothing like of bad intention that happened, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like rationally, our rational, our ego mind is like, but I was paralyzed, you know, and mm -hmm. if you like say that to people, they're like, what, you know, and it's more like, but exactly like you were saying this very clear 
communication that that what was being done was also to assist my well-being in that situation Mm -hmm. yeah but yes i can understand how it can be a little freaky i mean imagine if if i would start feeling paralyzed while just hearing ducks behind me i would freak out (laughs) and they're just ducks (laughs) so it's not anything too mysterious so it can be challenging (laughs) you know the the other topic that I that I forgot that I wanted to suggest us talking about was the taboo because mm-hmm. I actually feel like mm, you know there's obviously ETs in a certain sense are really taboo you know they really push on all of our unconscious like repressed material yeah and I think that but that's a thing where there's like a difference between being fascinated with something and actually resonating with it and mm-hmm. culturally like historically what is taboo is usually like um a different kind of energy of something that we've depressed that we've repressed and so it comes back up culturally as something that's like um bad or excluded Mm -hmm. um and really it's like a form that's like the maybe inverted form or maybe just like Mm -hmm. it's a relation to the thing that's inverted but i think that because we can have that feeling, right, when it's not ETs, when something just, like, pushes us out of our comfort zone that has nothing to do with extraterrestrials, <laughs> but we're like, oh, like, uh-huh. it's, like, feels as if our, our identity or our sense of self is, like, being shook. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, definitely. And, uh, <laughs> and it's kind of curious also, I was thinking... Because I'm really sure it might be related. I mean, because even all the ET topic is it's so so much taboo in a sense too. And especially in Europe <laughs> comparing to the US. But I was thinking specifically that even the fact that we remember, we seem to remember really specific topics regarding ET interaction, because I'm sure that if we're interacting with them, we've done all sorts of all sorts of things. But it's almost like collectively the ones that come the most are the ones that we might consider culturally more taboo too. So it's really like this is something you have to deal with, but kind of using an ET mask on it too. It's like double. <laughs> it's like working two with the with just the time of one. <laughs> in a way (laughs) I never thought about this this way but it's very fascinating for me to see it that way because I guess I always was the weird one in that way so I I mean I would probably not have worn a, a shirt or a pullover with a unicorn on it as it would be too girly like Mm -hmm. but when I wear my shirts with some aliens on them I can totally clearly see and now you're really remembering uh, reminding me of that that for example when I open the door the main the front door to to open for the postman who rang the bell 
and I'm there with my very greenish um, glowing alien head on my shirt, I can always see how they are like, like really like, like really staring at me like what kind of weird woman must live here in that house with opening up like this it's, and I'm like I mean it's just a shirt you know but um it's it's uh yeah it's really funny to think about that that I now maybe even feel myself a bit challenged to buy more of them to really walk outside with them like Hey, can you see? I believe in aliens. Do you? Wow. <laughs> That's empowering. <laughs> yes. I really, I, I want to. Now I'm so, I'm so fond of this idea that I really, I will go to Amazon lately. Uh, lately. <laughs> All varieties of e-t-shirts. <laughs> Again, just shows your high, your highest excitement is pulling you to wearing e t-shirts, and you're changing the world in ways you can't even imagine, just by doing it, by poking people. All of them, they look and feel, oh, this one must believe in ETs. Uh, it's like you're bringing that to their awareness, and kind of slowly putting that more and more into the collective awareness. That's really that's rising so much right now. It's so it's like, yeah, sometimes I think we might worry too much in our, how we might impact the world and how the world might change and all of that. But really just the smallest actions make, the, make a huge difference. It's so inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And I, feel, I feel like, or I feel that too sometimes when I'm like, can, you know, if I feel that energy like, oh, nothing I could do makes a difference. But then you remember how when you did something that affected just one person, how good it felt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, makes it, it's like, why do I feel like I need to affect everyone when it feels so good just to affect one person? <laughs> like, it's like, that's so fulfilling. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. And yeah. it feels so big, too. So, mm -hmm. and how you never know, you know you affect yeah i don't know who said it but somebody said that just one stone in the water makes so many ripples and oh. it's it's like an analogy 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 yes analogy, analogy yeah. yes thank you for us that um probably like you just said just one of those actions might cause so many ripples that it influences so many more people or situations and we just don't know we maybe have just smiled to somebody who was depressed and now we for at least for one next hour or something not anymore so deeply or whatever mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> there was a movie like that wasn't it an older <laughs> one <laughs> that it's like yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's like uh, the the all the concept of the movie was a, a little boy just just saying, uh, "I ask you just just if since I made this good deed for you, I just ask you that you do two good deeds to to two different people." Imagine, huh. and then I don't it's, know that. I think it was kind of like I this. It's an older movie. Or something. I, I think so. I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's called uh, pay pay it paying it forward or ah. mm-hmm. yeah and at the end of the movie you see how just the the boy starting that made a huge difference in where they were living and all of that it's a really interesting movie it really makes you think yeah i like to think about that idea but with the idea of authenticity like when i'm myself that even if people don't like it or even if they don't perceive it as like a good deed or pleasurable for them mm-hmm. that I'm actually still opening up the space for them to be themselves. Like I'm creating that reality in which they are also allowed to like truly express themselves. Mm -hmm. I think about that a lot just in life, but especially when I play music, because sometimes I write, like I, I really write from what I'm feeling and like what I feel like I is like expressing most. And that to me is so important in my process to not like switch into starting to create something that someone might want to hear or would be popular. Mm -hmm. And so I know a lot of my music is definitely not like pop music or, I mean, a lot of it's really weird and experimental. (laughs) I mean, some of it's really catchy too, but it's like um, that experience though, or for me, what I'm really sharing or what I feel like I'm sharing in a lot of my art, which is, I think is just another dimension of life, but um, is that vibration of just really being myself. Mm -hmm. That might not look like a good deed, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's still all, yeah, even if it's, yeah logically like being a good deed it everything is a kind of energetic gift in a way and opening that that space like you're saying and uh i think paradoxically paradoxically imagine that you would really want to start making music to to appeal people or what seems to be most of them i think you would be probably shooting yourself in the foot because most of that energy of that authenticity that that really moves them and allows them to make the biggest changes wouldn't be there so you would be depleting yourself and of course there would always be people that resonate with it but not necessarily maybe your crowd your own the pieces of your puzzle (laughs) those because i mean all of us are so perfectly, creation is perfect. So you will appeal to some people, I will appeal to others, but at the end, they'll all come together and it's beautifully amazing. <laughs> come together. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just have to think about what, what you just said, Caroline, is so also so deeply felt for me that when somebody really dares to be him or herself that people around them really maybe just by that also dare to be themselves and Pippi Langstrom for me was the perfect example for that 
I don't know if if I pronounce the name now in the way you also know her. I don't know. We call her Pippi Longstocking. Oh, okay. I know. You're talking about the storybook character, right? Exactly. From Astrid Lindgren. I don't know the author, but Red Braid. <laughs> exactly. And always doing whatever she feels like doing. And I, I felt always so connected to her because... I admired her so deeply for always just being able to express whatever she wanted to express. Like really, I mean, really doing everything without feeling shame, without feeling any, any, any um, thing like not being self-worthy or something it's mm -hmm. and I felt like if just everybody could be a bit more like her the world would look so differently like really I mean maybe a bit more crazy but at least not so <laughs> so static and so compressed and so I don't know and maybe this is why I also always feel that my higher self feels very childlike and mm -hmm. uh, the character you gave to me with Jeannie is mm -hmm. really so deeply how I feel also this this always having something in your mind where you want to just poke somebody to just <laughs> joke you know it's I would love to just be like Pippi Longstocking and um <laughs> And I really try my best to to put all shame feelings aside to just to be whoever I want to be. And I think it gets easier and easier as older we get more, I would say. <laughs> but um, still not there, but we will, I'm sure. Yeah, yes. I mean, we'll, we'll never really be there but not seeing this in a negative perspective it's just <laughs> it never ends <laughs> but uh, we're also always there exactly yes exactly yes. so there's there's both perspectives available and even if we're not there or choosing that it doesn't mean that we won't get to a point where we, we are so riding the wave that it's just like, oh, this is happening again. You're just like, whew, let it flow. And then another comes, let it flow. You become the master of your reality. It's like you don't even care if bad things are happening. They aren't bad anymore because you don't feel them as bad. <laughs> you are authentic. <laughs> One with the universe. <laughs> Riding the wave. Yes. The tsunami. <laughs> yeah, really, yes, if you really learn how to surf the waves, it does not matter anymore how big they are because you're just probably for some really good surfers as bigger as better. I mean, if you see their faces, how they enjoy riding those biggest possible waves, where I'm still so deeply in awe by just seeing that, mm -hmm. it's maybe really a good analogy of our lives, like really learning how to ride the waves and how to be as excited as you always can be in the moment and mm -hmm. always be in the moment. It's, it's one of the deepest secrets, I guess, from our lives. Mm -hmm. And also, like, for me, too, I do, 
I experience a form of excitement or alignment when I just really come into presence with myself. And that I feel like can transmute and alchemize even really dark feelings by just really being present with them. Because that in of itself, to me personally, and I, I teach about this a lot too, but it's like, um, it's exciting to really witness yourself because there's also part of yourself knows that by really witnessing every part, you're transmuting it, you're shifting it. So there's like this paradoxical release that comes with really acceptance, like really deep acceptance and, and feltness. And I guess that's maybe what some people call shadow work or light work, or I don't, I don't think there's actually a difference, but like, um, but it can be really being present with anything. It doesn't mean you have to have a really negative emotion either. I think for me, it's like, that's what's so mystical, you know, when people start really getting into meditation practices and tapping into these other state of awareness where it's like, it's always like wild when you just like drop into the moment there's always something really incredible to witness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was kind of popping the, the thought now in my mind that uh, just that looking at whatever is happening around you and inside you, being positive emotions, negative emotions, of course, not uh, labeling a bit here, but just imagining that we are all one that saying the name of that core frequency is love the act just you of looking and observing that is giving love to that so it's a form of self-love because i was also thinking that many times people struggle it's on everyone says like the 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 solution for something is self-love but sometimes people don't know how to do it and it's just maybe as basic as observing what's happening just having that awareness it's so simple that it seems so confusing because <laughs> uh, it's like we're so conditioned to think that love is um love is like an exchange like you have to give something to someone in order to love them or like mm -hmm there has to be some sort of proof that like, or like that, yeah, that it's so yoked to that idea of um, giving and even to a certain point sacrifice or something. Like I have to give something to really feel like I'm even loving someone. Mm -hmm. Where just that idea of, yeah, being really lovingly aware of someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Whatever it is. It's all one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wrapping it up <laughs> in a knit package. <laughs> I was saying, I was checking you faster. That's something to say, but I guess not. <laughs> We're all one. It's the best sentence for me to now to stay with it. And, yeah, <laughs> so, because I guess we're at the end mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. Or do yeah. you want to share 
something more it's mm, i mean for me we really wrapped it up nicely i don't know if caroline has something to share finalizing thoughts um <laughs> We, are <laughs> <one>. <laughs> we were listening to the birds <laughs> giving love <laughs> we are together and alone exactly we are all alone we are all one you remember that Astrid I have to put it again <laughs> yes put it again in in capital yes <laughs> it's all paradoxically there but um yes so, <laughs> where are you going to say something <laughs> oh, I'm just being silly now. <laughs> because i wasn't checking <laughs> so to finalize this just saying thank you very much to caroline for being our wonderful cookie guest yes thank you so much um and with that to say to everyone that you can somewhat follow caroline she has a website i'll leave it in the description also because she has an amazing course that's happening next saturday about receptivity and the will and all of this to help all of you to if you feel excited to to also help to transmute all of this feelings doing a kind of or learning how to do with yourself shadow work light work transmuting everything mirror work mirror work so if you are interested i'll leave all the links in the description i'm going to be there <laughs> <laughs> just saying <laughs> and uh other than that, she also does um, community classes around once a month. So you can always check all of that. But again, thank you so very much, Astrid and Caroline, for being here. I love Thank you, you Philippa. Thank you, Caroline. It was <laughs> amazing. It was wonderful. I loved it deeply. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. I've been a fan for a while. So it's really a dream come true. <laughs> share screen <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yes so thank you also everyone for watching please comment whatever you feel excited to and we'll see you next week yes bye bye thank okay. you <laughs>